This is the MPRS podcast. MPRS is on a mission to transform the lives of 10,000 people to run towards their challenges in life. We are looking to help people who don't want to accept that it's too late. We're helping them to transform their lives by getting them to move better, getting them to nourish their bodies better, getting them to do the things that keep them strong and finally help them with their mental fitness, their mental health. Thanks for listening. So let's jump right in. We're sat here, Laura, and it's after your first ever marathon. Yes. Um, and I want to talk about your whole experience of from start to finish of uh, training with me, of coaching with me. So first question. How how did you feel about running a marathon before you signed up? Um, scared to death. Like I'd literally, I was a total novice rookie runner. Like I'd run a charity race for life, 5K max, and probably even walked a lot of that. Um, I wasn't massively into running um so I was totally going at it from like ground zero yeah okay and what made you decide to sign up to a marathon so um it was my 30th year um I wanted a challenge um I think I was also duped into the atmosphere from going to watch Gal's friend run it in October I'd never been down to London before to see the marathon. We went to cheer him on and it was just amazing. Like the crowd were incredible. I got emotional. Um, it was just amazing to see all these people. And I thought, what, like a great challenge, a great achievement to do. Um, I normally enter the ballot anyway. And it's normally like, once in a million or one in a million chance of getting in if yeah. I don't get in my money's donated to charity it's sort of like my little charity donation each year knowing that I'm probably not going to get in yeah so I didn't get in um but then one of the charities so Anthony Nolan charity contacted me um and asked my story so my mum had a stem cell transplant when she was poorly um and I relayed that story to them and um they offered me one of their charity places so then I was in <laughs> all of a sudden I'd gone from thinking I was never gonna do a marathon and it's just a little charity donation something nice to do to oh my god I've got a place and now I've got to learn how to run oh my god like I can totally vouch for getting caught up in all the emotions and stuff yeah. like even just from supporting yeah the the it hit you in the feels, right? Like yeah. just I, standing there I, cheering. I was at Cutty Sark, mile four. So people aren't even that exhausted by that point. And just having all these people cheering absolute strangers, I started crying because I was like, you're a mess. It's like <laughs> four or five, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. And um, we'll come on to how you felt when you were at Cutty Sark uh, yeah. in a minute. But so you signed up. That was what? uh december january yeah, just before christmas yeah just before christmas and uh you didn't have a plan or anything like that and mm -hmm. 
we we had a chat and yeah. um we started this basically coaching relationship to help you get to the finish line not just the start yeah. line but get to the finish line yeah in one piece right yeah. so what what were you what were you thinking about when you actually signed up like what what worries were there what questions did you have before starting some kind of coaching program I guess it was just the enormity for me the enormity of the challenge going from nothing to obviously goal one is to be able to run the whole 26 miles so for me it was like a how can I get from nothing to 26 miles in such a short relatively yeah. short space of time like 16 weeks isn't that long yeah um, and obviously needed that support from somebody that knew what they were doing like I could google I could follow the London Marathon support training plan but um I very much needed someone to help me take accountability and to I'm I very much work off a list so if someone's telling me to do two three runs a week I do them because I've been told to do them but if a piece of paper advises me to do that I can go oh it's fine no one's telling me what to do stick on the fridge forget about it yeah yeah okay okay and so you had all all of these questions and stuff so what what actually happened when you started the coaching with me like what was your what was your first experience of the coaching? Um, I guess like the the routine of getting the three, two or three runs in a week and having like the, the plan, I guess the long-term plan that I could see each week we were increasing um, and the the sense of achievement that each week we were getting further and further in terms of distance or time and getting closer and closer to running quite long distances yeah yeah I mean what was the in your training for you what was the longest distance that we we got you up to so we done 16 miles before yeah. um my IT band went <laughs> okay. so yeah let's let's talk about the ITB yeah ITB because um we we both knew that it was a short period of time yeah. in terms of going from zero to 26 and the the risk of injury was relatively high and we came to the injury the injury happened yeah. so what what um what was your thoughts how did you feel when you were injured um I was gutted actually because by that point especially as so the week before I'd done the 60 miles and I'd that was probably the first run that I finished and I felt like I still had energy in the tank that yeah. I was sort of I was getting it I was like I think training up to the half it was kind of it's there's still so much distance to go that it felt still unattainable but when I'd done the 16 I was like, I've just run 16 miles. I've still got some in the tank. 16 miles is a really long way. Yeah. And I still feel okay. So I sort of felt like probably the first time, like I'm a proper runner, like I've done it. And then to go out then the next week to try and do the 18 miler and it go, um, it was really sort of deflating and it yeah. felt 
very much like the well, panic initially that yeah. I'm not I'm now not going to be able to do these long distances that everyone say are so important the mm-hmm. the 18 milers the 20 milers yeah um that everyone say is so um fundamental in your training and I knew that if this was a long-term injury that I wouldn't be able to do those mm-hmm. yeah so from from my side of things I was equally gutted however my overall mission was to get you to the finish line yeah right and how how did we manage that injury um so we had so i was seeing a physio near me um we sort of took a step back from training wise um and then once the physio gave me the green light we sort of eased back in with um short runs with um much less impact runs um and also then like but in the meantime keeping up with walking um sort of still staying on my feet for those long periods of time although I couldn't run um we were doing sort of like three hours walking with all the gear that I was I'd been training with so the gels and the water and the electrolytes and all those all the things um to sort of keep myself used and my body used to being on my feet for those long periods of time even though I weren't running them I was still walking them yeah and the the theory behind it is that we were getting keeping you and your body used to being out on your feet for that amount of time because you know jumping jumping to today we were on our feet for four five plus hours right and we needed that in the training so that your body was ready for it come the big day yeah and yeah my priority for you you've been a spring chicken right you're only 30 Mm -hmm. was yeah to get you to the start line and get you to the finish line but also to look after you and make sure that we didn't do the classic mistake or make the classic mistake of people just running through their injury yeah right because that could have made it even worse for the long term which we definitely don't want right yeah um so that's why we cut things back slow things down so that you could um give it your best shot come race day right so um let's let's talk about what what has been your best result from the coaching like you had all the the drama you had the frustration of the injury and stuff we got you to the the start line what what was the standout best memory I guess for you from the coaching from the training period I think it's the when I finished the 16 miles that's probably the the training part that stood out to me most the fact that because before then um there's a a big manor house near me and that was like one of my running points before doing any training with you that seems so unattainable and when that running to that house and back became my short run that was a sense of achievement and then to then go on and do 16 miles beyond that and still come home and feel okay like I felt fine I didn't I didn't need a day off work I didn't need to have a day of recovery I think 
that was probably a, a big sense of achievement in the training program that I was like the last eight, 10 weeks, whatever it was at that point is working. Like my fitness yeah. has significantly increased. My stamina is increased that yeah. I can now run further than two minutes or whatever it was. Pre <laughs> um, okay. That's good. And like the secret is now Laura, that, you're a runner for life right no one can take that away from you you are a runner no matter how slow or quick you're going you're going to be a runner you're yeah. going to be a marathon runner as well you know if you don't ever end up doing another you're yeah. still always going to be a marathon runner yeah? yeah so talk to me about your experience of the big day yeah um lots of apprehension before i think a lot of self-doubt still um naturally I'm not sporty naturally I'm not competitive so this was a big undertaking um so lots of nerves in the build-up so standing in the middle of Greenwich Park in the rain um lots of panic overthinking um like I'd sent you loads of texts like overthinking everything and mm. texting my physio like every possible doubt I think I had maranoia as you described yeah. it to me like at its yeah. best um, but it was na it's natural though it's yeah. to be expected that because it's it was so out of your realm of not possibility but realm of like what you knew yeah you didn't know where you were headed like you didn't know what it was going to feel like to be on your feet for that long right yeah 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 and then, yeah, so got on the tube, got to Greenwich Park, stood in the rain, um, got in the pen, was talking to people in my pen. Um, and then, yeah, it was showtime, got called up. Um, and then I guess I think in my head I'd always had the plan. So I had to go slower because of the injury. And it had been drilled into me to, to go slower initially because I've noticed from my half marathon, which I'd done in an organised race, sort of herd mentality kicks in and you're you're you running even you're going with the quick people yeah even though they're way above your pace so I sort of I had it in my head to stick to what I what was my pace what I know mm -hmm. and if anything to be slower at the beginning because I've got another 26 miles to go <laughs> um so yeah and then yeah once I got in my stride like um there'd been a few niggles in my knee in the the sort of resumed training runs post injury and before the marathon that I'd sort of panicked about. And on the day I didn't need to panic. I was doing the thing. So I didn't need to worry about injuring myself before the thing. Okay. So the niggles that I felt I ran through and it was just tightness. It wasn't pain. It was just my muscles after having rested for a couple of weeks were feeling a bit angry, but a mile or so in they sort of eased up and I sort of got in my stride and, all my training sort of come back in play and I was yeah. fine in my in my zone. Awesome. And specifically, what did it feel like to be on the other side of the fence when you got to cut your sock and like your support crew were there? Yeah, like so emotional, like seeing everybody like cheering on their friends and family and knowing that my friends and family were there somewhere you're sort of scanning all the crowd yeah. looking for faces that you know and 
um because it was so busy this year um my friends and family had to actually just be past cut yourself so then I went for a little bit of panic like oh my god I've missed them yeah 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 because it was so busy but actually they had to be like half a mile on because the crowds were so big this year yeah it's like 10 deep in places right um so did you stop did you get a big hug a high five like what happened yeah so um how my dad and my uncle were earliest they were first up they were shouting I ran over and I just hugged them and then they were like my mum's further up so then I (laughs) ran another probably half a mile and my mum and and they were all just screaming everyone was crying and I just the first stop I just grabbed a hug and then ran and carried on Yeah. yeah I didn't want to stop too much okay okay and then uh how many times during the run did you get to see spectators like was it was it two three times four times yeah so thereafter so I saw them at Kaisak and then I I think Cal tried to see me again at Tower Bridge but didn't Mm. um I was too speedy um but then I saw my one of my best friends and Cal again round Canary Wharf in concrete jungle and then I saw my mum and dad about two three miles from the end and uh and then Cal just before the finish like right by Big Ben so I saw yes. three four oh, times across the, and, yeah and how did that help psychologically how did that help like significantly so especially around Canary Wharf it's the crowds diminish so much mm-hmm. Mm. um so I was craving seeing a face that I knew yeah um I was desperately looking for someone that I recognized and then I saw my best friend first so when I saw her I literally I cried I crumbled at her feet and she was like crying with me like we just because as well like the the chances of seeing that person in such a big crowd is so limited that when you actually do see them it's so so euphoric that you've seen them and then literally about 20 people up the line was Cal. And I was like, oh, my God, two people such in quick succession. But, yeah, it gives you such a good positive feeling when you see someone you know. And it completely lifts you. Um, especially by that point, I'd sort of mile 18, I had to start slowing up. And um, my knee sort of, I think that was the first time I'd stopped. And I first time I sort of twigged that, okay, things hurt now yeah um so I needed people and by that point I was looking I hadn't noticed before then that I was looking for the mileage signs but there onwards I was desperately looking for when is mile 19 (laughs) when is mile 20 and obviously when you see people like seeing my mum and dad and hugging them and crying to them like because I cried every time I saw someone I knew obviously um like them being able to tell me like it's just two miles where you are yeah yeah like it felt so good fabulous i just want to pause and let that sink in in terms of your description of it yeah because it is it's your first one you will never forget your first one yeah yeah um that's beautiful so we um we luckily got a hug as well. Yes. 
out of you. Um, thanks to my missus uh, actually seeing you on the other <laughs> side of the road. Um, but the the wig helped. Where's the wig? The wig. Yeah. Um. So, how how did it feel finishing? Like, describe to me the moment you crossed that finish line. Thank God, I don't have to run again for a while. <laughs> <laughs> um. No, it was. Yeah, it was very like, I I did it because I had a lot of self doubt that. I wouldn't be able to do it and especially after the injury yeah I almost had an excuse to have self-doubt I had the self-doubt in myself that I'm not sporty I doubt I'll be able to finish and then and I'm injured so I've got another reason to even not finish or to not run the whole thing or whatever like yeah um and to finish and when I looked back at my Garmin I had 11 minutes idle which were probably either queuing for toilets slash crying to friends and family and I walked for four minutes and the rest of it was running so 15 wow. minutes of my 523 I was officially running whether that includes my little shuffles that I was doing yeah you were still moving I'm yeah. sure right yeah. you're still moving um yeah so great sense of achievement and pride I guess in that unsporty Laura actually ran a marathon tick yeah. marathon done yes. right off that bucket list yeah um so that was what went well yes right in terms of your prep in terms of the way we managed the injury so that you could run yeah you didn't start feeling it until mile 18 you yeah. saw the crowds you saw everyone that you wanted to see and like you soaked up the atmosphere and you finished right yeah looking back what what could have gone better what how would you improve things with 2020 hindsight now what what would you do differently um what do I have done differently um I don't know because I think my marathon journey was my marathon journey. Like, I don't think, unless I'd have become sporty beforehand, I guess my body was always going to have some kind of shock to the system in terms of training. So okay. um, I'm surprised I got away with just an IT band okay. injury. Like, there could have been many things that went much worse right. because my body doesn't normally move this much <laughs> for that long yeah yeah so I guess I came out quite lightly in terms of injury wise because it, it is a, a short period of time to go from nothing to running 26 miles yeah. um so I I guess starting earlier could have potentially have helped that it wouldn't have been such a quick increase um in terms of mileage that I'd have gone from sort of nothing to 16 miles in eight weeks. Like, yeah. I guess yeah. if you were in on a training plan for longer, that you wouldn't have the strains of increasing mileage so quickly. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, looking back, yeah, it would have been, it would have been great to have been coaching together longer, yeah. but you didn't, have your place confirmed until yeah. late December, right? So yeah, exactly. we had to 
we had to pack in as much as we could yeah. uh, and it's a fine balance right um so final question penultimate question um what how would you would you there we go would you recommend getting coaching with me and if so what would you say yes absolutely in that accountability I think is key so as I said earlier that you can when you're holding yourself accountable when you're just following a printed out training plan or an online training plan it's very much um you're guiding yourself so if one day I didn't fancy doing a run I've got no one that's checking in on me so our weekly calls where you check in physically mentally um just sort of making sure I was okay I understood what I was doing especially coming from a non-sporty non-runner um some of the especially at the beginning the the interval training stuff I have no idea like yeah I don't know what cadence means I probably still don't like (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah having someone that knows what they're doing and knows how I should do it and having holding me accountable was massively successful and I think definitely what I needed um and I think yeah I definitely recommend it if people were going into a running physical challenge whether that's a half marathon or a full or even into the ultras that Mm. having someone in your corner telling you what to do and also being your cheerleader I think is is massively helpful and positive yeah I mean I uh I thoroughly enjoy coming down to London and cheering (laughs) cheering cheering all my runners on right but uh, it was extra special to um put a face to the to the voice and the name and everything else right um and yeah final question is there anything else that you think is important that people would need to know before signing up to coaching um i one perhaps thing that surprised me is that it's not as time intensive and labor intensive as I thought I was anticipating by signing up with a coach I'd be doing something every day I'd be almost overwhelmed with how much I was going to be guided to do right when in fact you controlled and I was people in my charity whatsapp group were doing much more than what I was doing Mm -hmm. in terms of training because they had no guidance and they were just doing what so-and-so and so-and-so told them to do mm. um and I was expecting to go in and be like running five times a week when in fact there was a a clear program that each week we would have a short run an interval and a long run and yeah. those were just increasing week by week yeah. um according to fitness and whatever else timings so yeah I think that was a surprise for me is that it it isn't as scary and as intensive as you think it might be having a professional coach okay because like we could have gone down the route of doing five six runs a, a week however I'm pretty sure your body would have told you otherwise 
and I probably would have disliked you a bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's that as well, right? <laughs> and it's about getting that balance of yeah. pushing you, but to to your limit, because yeah. you know I can't vouch for other people in terms of what their training plans were that they followed. Some and they're on different objectives. They're working for different goals. Some of them are going for times and stuff like that, right? Um, whereas we were going for let's bloody Engine. finish this <laughs> let's bloody finish yeah finishing and getting the medal yeah so let's have a look at your medal <laughs> beautiful it's even got the braille on it so yeah that... it does yeah i'm super happy about that one of cal's family friends is blind so i'm going to take it over to show her so she can see it wicked and where where's that going to live now on your bedpost on a we're actually going to get, so Callum done the marathon in 2016. So yeah. we're going to hunt down and find his bed medal. And we're going to, I've seen a frame online that's got two medal holes. And then it's got a graphic in the middle of the route that you do for the London marathon. And then right. I'm going to put both our times underneath the medals. So we're having it framed potentially right there. So on all my work calls, everyone can see that I've done the London Talking marathon. piece. Yeah. yeah. Like I've got, I've, yeah. where is it? There, there picture of my first marathon yeah i always have it good talking piece all yeah. right so yeah thank you no worries thank you, no, thank, you. thank you all for right. getting me from nothing to <laughs> i'm running the 95 percent of it thanks for listening to another episode of the mprs podcast where we're talking about all things health and fitness related so that you can run towards your challenges in life if you haven't already smash the subscribe button and if you want to find out more about how we could help you, then either go to our website, michaelfan.co.uk, or you can DM us directly on 07949 and we will get back in touch as soon as we can. Look out for the next episode.